Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. February is a month that many people dedicate towards showing love for one another, especially around Valentine's Day. As believers, however, we have been commanded to show love every day toward one another. This month, we're going to be sharing messages about love and relationships. We will be having a special series at our Sunday services, and we're going to be sharing information and messages on this broadcast. I invite you to join us for our Sunday services at 10 a.m. Pastor Jackie Martin is doing a dynamic series on love and relationships. Come on out and join us. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. How can we love each other in a practical sense? Number one, by being willing to apologize and seek forgiveness from those whom we have wronged. When we messed up, we've done something to offend somebody. Be willing to, to apologize and to seek their forgiveness. Go to that person and say, you know, I, I said something I know that offended you and I asked you to forgive me. That's sometimes it's very challenging. What causes the sharpest, most bitter disputes in the body of Christ is not our doctrinal differences, but the unloving manner in which those differences are handled sometimes. We can have differences, but we don't have to uh, be disagreeable all the time. We can disagree, but without a disagreeable spirit. And get, I was going to say get mad. We don't get mad. We just get uh, frustrated and irritated when somebody disagrees with us and disagree in a manner that we're not uh, pleased with. Uh, we'll start harboring stuff now. You used to sit together. Now you don't sit together. You're sitting on the other side of the church because you did disagree with how you ought to be baptized. And Jesus said, no, don't go down that pathway. No, we're all fellows on the same ship. Being willing to apologize to those whom we have offended is crucial to preserving the unity in the body of Christ. The Bible said we should walk in unity. Paul said there was division among you. Let us all speak the same thing and begin to have unity of thought and unity of purpose in the church. We're all in this together. We're not all the same, but we don't have to have have these differences that causes us to have conflict one with the other. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught that Reconciliation with other people is a prerequisite to even worshiping God. Look at what he says, Matthew chapter 5. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar first and go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Come and offer your gift. Now, there are some people in the church that says, I don't have anything against anybody, and, and I know that I haven't offended anybody, and I don't have anything against anybody. A lot of times that is true, but that's true because you make it very, very intentional not to even connect with anybody or communicate with anybody. You come to church, you don't uh, maybe say this intentionally, but your way you practice is that you're not going to fellowship with anybody, you're not going to connect with anybody, you're not going to have conversation, you're going to come as soon as we dismiss, you take off. 
Well, that's one way not to be uh, in offense with anybody. You just decide that you're not going to uh, you're not going to connect. You're not going to fellowship. You're not going to be part of the church community. It's just you and God. It's just me and God. And I come, I worship the Lord, and I give my offering. I enjoy the sermon, and I'm out. I'm not coming to Pearl Night because I, be I want to be around the rest of them, all them women. So when somebody tells you that, say, honey, now, that's, not, that's not God. Just go on and tell them, that's not God. And they say, you know, I just can't want to be over there with all them women. That's not God. That's the enemy. Go on and tell them in love, all right? I love you, honey. I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> the second practical way to demonstrate love is to be on the other side of that equation, to grant forgiveness. Since we've been forgiven, Christians should be eager to forgive the offenses committed against them. So when somebody uh, has committed an offense against you, we ought to be able to forgive. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught in Matthew, says, forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. That's the prayer that Jesus gave as a model. Forgive our debts as we forgive others. In Matthew chapter 6, 14, Jesus said this, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So he said, just forgive others. Now, forgiving is very, very challenging and difficult, especially when you've been wronged. And the Lord knows that that's hard to do. And that's why he says, go on and do that. He says, I forgave you. When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He forgave us while we were still sinners, while we were still in our sin, while we were still enemies of God. He forgave us. And he said, you ought to learn how to forgive others. Have anybody wronged you? Have anybody mistreated you? Anybody spoken to you in ways that were unkind? He said, forgive them. God's love then should have transformed our hearts. When we get saved and we come to the Lord and Christ come into our life, God comes into our life and take control of our life. God is the very essence of love. The Bible says God is love. So if you got God in your heart, you ought to have love in your heart. And if you have love in your heart, your heart has been transformed to extend that love to others in forgiveness. And uh, we have to overcome that idea that I'm going to forgive you, but I ain't going to forget about what you've done. I ain't going to forget it. And what you're saying is, I'm going to still hold you hostage to what you have done. That's what you're saying. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget, but it means that you're not going to hold them hostage. You're not going to keep telling them that you forgave them over and over. You know, I forgave you when you did me wrong. He said, well, thank you for forgiving me. Uh, two months later, you know, you did me wrong and I forgave you. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you forgiving me. You know, you treated me like a dog, but by the love of Jesus Christ, I have forgiven you. Thank you so very much. I really, really appreciate that. I got the sense that deep down inside, you probably have not forgiven. You tell everybody, I forgave them. Let me just tell you what they did. I, I, I don't want to go into all of that, but let me just tell you, ooh, every time I think about it, I just thank God that I forgave them for that. You know, believers, we know how to work that thing, don't we? Here's what John wrote in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And dear friend, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And that's challenging for many of us. We just didn't have a good foundation of how to love one another. Sometimes in our own families and in our own home, we haven't seen love demonstrated. We just don't have a good understanding of how to appropriate that love to others. And we got to let the Lord teach us how to love somebody because we haven't loved anyone. We don't know how to do that. The Lord's command then to love extends beyond the people in the church. He commands us and wants us to embrace and to love all people, even though those that are unlovely. Now, the church can preach the gospel. Let me just share this with you. The church can preach the gospel and speak the truth and love to the whole world, but the thing that's most persuasive is how do we demonstrate God's love? We can preach the gospel with the power and the anointing. And we can do that without the love of God functioning in our lives. We can beat people up with the word of God. We can just tell them they got to turn or burn. Have no love of Christ in our hearts. We almost hate the people and wish that they go to hell anyway. Look at what Jesus said in this passage from verse 35 in our text. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another's. Now he said all men, unbelievers, folks that are ungodly, folks that don't go to church will know that you are my disciples because they're going to be doing some observations in how we function and how we interact with each other. The church is to be a loving church in a dying culture. The church ought to be a loving church in an ungodly world. The church ought to be a loving group of people in a world who don't know what love is. In the midst of the world, look at what happened. In the midst of the world, in the midst of our present dying culture, Jesus is giving a right to the world upon his authority he gives the world the right to judge whether or not you and I are believers. The world, the unbeliever, can make an observation and say by the way you relate to one another whether or not you are his disciples. They can almost say the way y'all fussing and fighting over there, y'all must not be believers. The way y'all are arguing and can't work out things in a decent and orderly manner you must not be believers. Jesus said, I'll know that you're his disciples by your love one for another. So if you're not loving one another, you must not be his disciple. That's kind of tough, isn't it? Sometimes you can just come into a church and you look at the people, they look so mean, not at the light of the world. They look so mean, they look so sad, they look so uh, uptight and on edge that uh, you wouldn't want what they have. But when you go to a place and it's just the joy of the Lord and, and folks genuinely enjoy one another and love one another and fellowship one another, people say, you know, I like this place. There's something about this place that's genuine. People are genuinely are acceptance and genuinely love one another. Jesus is telling us, and as we go into this season where 
there seemed to be an emphasis on love. I want us to come out of this season where it's not just an emphasis on love, but we have consciously in our hearts and our minds have gauged ourselves and, and judged ourselves and said, you know, am I open to love my brothers and my sisters like Christ loved me? What did he say to us? A new command I give to you, love one another. When are you supposed to love one another? When you feel like it and when you don't. We love one another when someone is acting like we want them to act and when they're not acting like we want them to act. It doesn't mean that we have to accept everything people do, but we have to love them. How do you do that? You say, well, they're having a bad day. I'm not going to hold that against them. Every once in a while, somebody have a bad day. Love forgives. Love doesn't hold a grudge. Love doesn't keep a record. So what does it take for us to love one another like Christ? We want to be agents of the Lord's love one for another. This is Jerry G. Martin, and as always, we are so excited about you joining us on today's broadcast. This is the time of the month that people are focused on Valentine's, and it's called the month of love and a day of love. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe on him will not perish but shall have everlasting life. This was the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ that gave himself up for us. And when we talk about love, and we're going to be sharing that with you for the next several days, we're going to talk about what it means to be sacrificial and giving yourself up for others. We're going to talk about some biblical characters and their relationships and how it played out. Some was love and some was lust. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to listen to it again in its entirety, you can go to our website at lowcf.org. Just click on podcast and you can hear it again. Or you can go directly to our podcast with The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can download the podcast directly to your device and hear these messages at your own convenience. As always, I invite you to be our guest. We are meeting in person every Sunday at 16161 Old Umber Road. Pastor Jackie is in a series right now about love and marriage. So come on out and join us. You can join us on live streaming at 10 a.m. Sunday mornings on LOWCF. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.